welcome to episode number 19 of The Playground Project with me, your host, Tanya Pomerantz. I am absolutely thrilled to have you here with me on The Playground today. And before we start our interview, I just wanted to invite you to follow me on Instagram at puddlejumpcoaching001. I love being part of this community with you, and I'm really excited, super excited, to welcome my mystery guest on today's episode to hang with us on the playground. His name is Adam Joyner, and he is an authentic, professional, kind, loving, empathetic, emotionally intelligent, lovely human being. He is also the Chief Executive Officer of BGC Ottawa. I am absolutely thrilled and delighted to be welcoming Adam to hang out with us on the playground today. Welcome, Adam Joyner. It is absolutely such a pleasure to have you on the playground with that, with us today. And before we get into our questions and our chat, I just want to put some context in and, and say kind of who you are. Now, this is uh, from your LinkedIn profile, and mm-hmm. it says, Adam Joyner, Chief Executive Officer at BGC Ottawa. So that's a Boys and Girls Club Ottawa. And your profile says, experienced chief executive officer with a demonstrated history of working in the field of children and youth and overall business management, skilled in nonprofit organizations, program planning, event planning, strategic planning, public speaking, and media relations. Strong business development professional with a diploma focused in social work from Algonquin College, one of my favorite post-secondary institutions. Adam Joyner, I am so happy you are here with us. How are you? Tanya, I'm thrilled to be here. It's so great to hear your voice again and uh, to be to be part of this. I'm, I'm doing really well. I cannot complain one bit. I uh, have my dream job in a, in a place I love, so uh, I'm doing great. I'm just really excited to, to join you in this conversation today. Excellent. And I, I can't stop smiling. So just a little bit of background. Uh, Adam and I met back in, oh, yeah, yeah, like 2008. I think so. Around that. Yeah, Adam was always coming into the Youth Employment Resource Center and working on workshops. I can remember you and Soap would be working on workshops together at the Boys and Girls Club. Definitely, yeah. So at that point, I was a youth outreach worker, provincial youth outreach worker, um, and uh, was working with uh, BGC and uh, definitely with Sophia and and just really mm-hmm. running some cool stuff for youth in, in the community. So yeah, that was uh, that feels like yesterday, Tanya. But that that was two thousand and eight. So time time <laughs> flies when you enjoy what you're doing. That's for sure. Absolutely. And let's take it back to high school because I, I like to start at high school because that's kind of when people start thinking about okay, what am I all about? What makes me tick? Where do I see myself in the future? So, what was high school like for you? School in general was really tough for me. I grew up moving a lot as a as a younger uh, child and unfortunately had some really uh, negative experiences in 
elementary school, which, you know, led to forms of abuse from teacher in particular, and really changed my mindset of school at a young age and created a lot of anxious thoughts and anxiety around school. Um, so that kind of, that kind of carried through all the way to high school and high school was, was, was very hard. It was hard for me to go in every day and, uh, and be present and, and enjoy what I was learning. I didn't feel it was a safe space for me as much as the club was the safe space for me, the, the center I grew up at. And so, you know, high school was challenging. It, it was not just challenging for me. It was challenging for a lot of, you know, my peers for multiple reasons. But, you know, the club kind of became my secondary outlet to, to supporting connection to others and um, became kind of my, my go-to place. I hear you. And how did you get involved in BGC? I, I noticed that there was a place that kids were coming in and out of. And, and I had some friends in school. I was, I was around 12 nine years old, the first time I walked into the doors of the club and we had just, you know, moved into the community that, that we were living. Um, and there was a club right beside the, the doors of the center I was at. And, and I saw people coming in out and I asked one of my friends what the place was. And when I went into it, there was literally, you know, a hundred kids having fun and playing and active. And I was pretty shy my first couple of times there for sure. But, the, you know, that connection and that place i could tell was just a fun friendly environment and it did take me a while to start going because i was so shy and and anxious about it but within a couple of weeks i'd met a staff member who really connected with me and, and and gave me that place to kind of go and met other staff it really started to connect for me over the few first few years at the club you know made me feel safe and supported and really was one of the reasons why I was the primary reason why I got into social work was having that connection with somebody who truly cared about kids and, and realized how important that was. And so I started to really look at, you know, social social work and social service worker programs to see the value that it brought to others. So really, it was driven by the staff members there and the role modeling that I was receiving from the amazing people that work there. So it really did change my life in so many ways. And it sounds like it was the complete antithesis of what you were experiencing every day as you went to school. Yeah, it just, it, it really did help me center everything outside of, outside of my family. We had moved a lot as a young child and I didn't have a lot of connections to other, other places outside my family. And this was the place that really you know, I always felt supported. I always felt that I belonged. All of my friends felt that they belonged. And it made a huge difference for everybody involved. It became our, our place. We, we took ownership over it. Um, the staff were there not just to run activities and games, but to actually guide and teach and, and mentor the young people they were with. And I just was so empowered by that and realized by the age of 12 that, to be honest, that this was kind of what I wanted to do. And uh, really helped bring me to the next, the next, you know, my direction in in many ways. So when you were in high school, I'm thinking about like social sciences and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Were those the, the the subjects that you did really well in and that you felt comfortable with? They were the ones that were most ho close to home. I, I didn't struggle with the academic side of school. Um, 
to be honest, it was more getting to school and being present in the space with mm -hmm. some of the challenges that and anxiety that I was feeling, you know, but I've definitely felt the closest connection to the sociology type programs or the, you know, the programs that were based on social emotional growth or, you know, development. I enjoyed learning, frankly, all the, all the different courses uh, in high school, but those really were the ones I centered around. But it was because I had some real life experience to tap into from a young age into those pieces. So I had real life role models doing the work and could see them working through some of the things that they were doing for young people. And, uh, and so it was an easier fit for sure. But I also enjoyed anything where there was lots of opportunities to connect and, and to build relationships. So there wasn't too many courses that I, that I struggled in, frankly. Maybe grade 10 chemistry would have been the only one that was a little bit tough, but I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the academic side. And, and even when I was struggling with school, you know, I would just, I would do a lot of the work course load myself just at home when I had trouble getting there. So I, I've always enjoyed learning and growing. Uh, definitely there was lots of opportunities to do that at high school. To be strong academically is very helpful because if you're going through anxiety and feelings of being unsafe, and if you add to that, that academics was a challenge, that would be a, a really, really difficult thing to kind of get past. So I'm, it's really good to hear that the academics came so easily to you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I also had help. We had, we had homework club programs. We had tutoring programs at the club as well. So I also had, you know, resources that I could tap into outside of, you know, the education system, which frankly, I would, I would say that a lot of the resources that are offered at clubs are, are including the, they wrap around the education system. So, you know, we had that support. I had that support growing up and, you know, took partner in our homework club program and, um, you know, so I did all the way from, you know, the age of nine to the age of, um, 18 really had people to help me along the way. Um, and that was also very special and a, an extra lift, uh, in terms of the academic side. Okay. I like that. The lift, you know, one of the things we get asked a lot about is the connection to community partners and how we connect, like, for example, the, the, the different uh, service centers or community houses or, you know, the different pieces that are happening in the community and, you know, how are they connected to the club um, in mm -hmm. terms of partnership? Um, and when you look at something like Homework Club, how do those connect with the members that we serve? And so I can tell you that the need in Ottawa has never been greater, that at the end of the day, we need far more Homework Clubs or, or I would say education-based programs because a lot of our students are not coming with homework anymore the way that they used to. A lot of it is digital. And frankly, you know, a lot of them don't get homework. But what they what we are seeing is reading gaps. We're seeing literacy gaps. We're seeing real challenges after the pandemic, particular with mental health. So what we need to be doing, all of us, is is offering as many resources as as we can. And frankly, the need is greater than the resources we have. So like you could have, you know, three, four programs running at the same time at three different, four different clubs or three different, four different places within a ward or a community and still not be able to meet the need of the community because the need is so much greater than the resources attached to it. So, you know, we work very much in collaboration with other partners. And the reality is, is we're all hoping to get enough resources to be able to be sustainable and that sustainable resourcing and funding is so important and integral 
so that we can continue driving this work. And I find that kids will find youth and our members, but just youth in general, will find a place they feel most comfortable. And sometimes that's at a clubhouse. Sometimes that's at your, you know, local community house. Sometimes that's, you know, sometimes that's at a, at a community health center. Sometimes that's uh, with a friend. Um, doing peer-to-peer support. And sometimes they'll access multiple places because that's the type of support they need to get through uh, what they're going through. So it, it adds a lot of value when you have multiple people doing a lot of great work for young people in our communities. And are these people volunteers or are they paid staff? For BGC, we have paid staff that uh, run all of our uh, programming, but we insulate that with really impressive and amazing volunteers who really are the added layer. So we keep a very rigid 15 to 1 ratio for members to staff. Like we make sure that we have enough staff on site to support all of our members. And then out of that ratio, outside of that, we add layers of it could be retired teachers, it could be people that want to give back, it could be you know, we offer so many different programs that, you know, we could, it could be guitar instruction. It could be someone who wants to help kids. It could be student placements from local colleges and universities, you know, people that just want to make a, to make a, give an opportunity to a child. So that's the insulator of the staffing that we have. Other centers and other um, community programs will have different models, but that's the one that we use at the club. And you spoke about student placement. And I'm wondering about you when you were at Algonquin, was it a co-op? So I did a few placements. I did the day away program at Pearly Rideau Retirement Residence. And so that was uh, one of my placements. It was an amazing experience that certainly I, w- I will not forget. And then the other placement I did was at the Deborah Dines Family House. So I, mm-hmm. I did did a student placement there, which was close to where I where I was living at the time, and uh, was an amazing opportunity because I knew of the I knew of the location quite well. And one of the uh, actually the placement supervisor teacher was uh, was a was a teacher at the college, so I knew her quite well, and and it was pretty amazing to have that connection. And so did you stay there after? Like, how did that, well, how, did, I, how did it go from there to where you are now? Yeah, well, I mean, I was, I already had my, I was already working part-time at the club. So I started at the club when I was quite young. I started actually working the front desk at the club when I was 12. We don't <laughs> hire at 12 anymore, but that was, that was what we we did back then. And, mm-hmm. you know, I did co-check and, and then I was a youth worker and a counselor up at our camp. I had been doing, by the time I got into college, I had already been in the field, quote unquote, for about five to six years. So, you know, when I finished placements, they gave me a different experience and they also gave me a different perspective, which I appreciated. But I also had a lot of opportunities kind of hopefully at the club. And so when I finished uh, college, I moved into a role running a, a, a drop-in youth center as a coordinator on Parkwood Hills, uh, Parkwood Hills community. Hey. And I was there for a little while. And then I moved to work with Ray Friel Recreation Complex. I ran all of their summer day camps and before and after care programs. Um, I did that for a few years. And from there, I uh, came back to do the youth outreach job. And then manager of one of the clubs, uh, which I loved, senior manager, director of programs, and now CEO. So, you know, my path has been driven by multiple places. I work part-time in different places as well, Tanya. But like at the end, you know, my my drive and passion for the work has been always driven by BGC and, and the work that we do at the club. And when was it kind of rebranded? Because it felt like it was Boys and Girls Club of Canada, and now it's gone to the BGC. Yeah, so that happened, I believe, in 2021. 
early 2021, oh. like, or 2020. It's very recent. Yeah. Um, you know, we wanted to make our spaces as inclusive as they should be. And mm -hmm. um, this didn't just happen in Ottawa. This happened across Canada. And the reality is, is that, you know, we, we serve young people from all different backgrounds, from all different, all different lifestyles, from all different uh, gender identities. And, you know, it made sense to be reflective of the values of which the club stands for across the country, which is uh, a place that makes opportunities for young people and making a, a space as inclusive as, as we can so that people, young people feel as safe and as supported as possible. So that's the, the, you know, the premise of the change. And I'm pretty excited and proud of the change. I think, I think it was overdue and it's, it does, it does help us create a safer space for, for the young people that we serve. I honestly hadn't thought about it. Yeah. But I like, and I can see what has been done there. I think that's admirable and important. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's for us, it's, you know, if, if you're going to, if you're going to say that you're a place that supports children and youth, then you should be trying to do as much as you can to support all children and youth mm -hmm. and help them to feel as safe as possible. For me, the club was always that safe space. It changed my life, saved my life in many ways. And you want to pr provide that same opportunity. I want to provide that same opportunity. And so does my colleagues across Canada to as many young people as we can, which, you know, involves the, you know, the, the language and the name and, um, mm -hmm. you know, creating an opportunity for young people to explore and be themselves uh, is, is really important to us. So how would you describe your career? A dream? I, it really is. I, it, it is a dream come true. It is very reflective and emotional. It's not very often that you can hear someone actually say that they love what they do and truly genuinely mean it. There's mm -hmm. nothing about my job I don't like, even when it gets challenging. The passion I have to help others, but frankly, seeing our team do the amazing work they do to, to make an impact for others is amazing. When I walk in the doors of a club, it, it is like coming home to me. BGC is, is a family in many ways. It's a place that helps so many people and has helped so many kids, even my friends growing up. And every day is different and unique mm -hmm. and special. So I love every part of it. The people we meet every second, Tanya, is like a story that goes in my mind of, of something that has happened in the past. And it's all so powerful and emotional and uplifting. And to have a, a workspace that has those pieces is really important. And I think what's important is to embody that for our staff now. So I, I take a lot of intentionality and thought in terms of, you know, trying to be the space for all of our staff that they feel the same way. Um, but for me, it's, um, it is a dream come true. It's a wonderful place to work. I love it. I love it. And one question, do you get to travel to other uh, BJCs? Yeah, so I'm a standards reviewer. So I've had the opportunity to see other clubs coast to coast. It is pretty dynamic. You'll hear our CEO and president, BGC Canada, say if you've been to one club, you've been to one club because mm -hmm. every club across Canada is unique and specific mm -hmm. to the community in which we serve. So the mission, mandate, and values don't change, but what we offer changes. So you know, depending on where you are, it could be early childcare, it could be youth, uh, mm. youth shelters, could be employment workshops, it could be young adult programs. Um, so every location has a different dynamic. And it really does add a ton of value. So now my question is, I wonder, would you ever become president of BGC Canada? Would that happen? Uh, honestly, I, I, 
I, I truly enjoy what I'm doing in Ottawa mm -hmm. and running that we're a hundred years old this year and being part of that legacy is, is pretty powerful and, and impactful. And, uh, it's, um, it's an amazing place to, to work. And frankly, there's so much work that has to be done in our city that, mm -hmm. you know, that's where I, my heart is. And I would love to see, you know, us doing so many more and different things in our community as I look into the future. So, and partly a part of that, of course, is, you know, becoming sustainable and making sure mm -hmm. that we can provide our staff with the right opportunities. And, you know, there's, so there's a lot of work that has to be done right here in, in Ottawa and uh, it's my home. So it's, it's, and it's a place I grew up. So long answer to a short question, but I don't, at this point, uh, there's just, there's just so much focus that has to happen here. I hear you. And I, I ask also because you are such a leader. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is one of the things that, you know, I tell you that I see you on LinkedIn. And when I read your, your posts and you speak so from your heart and so um, living authentically, everything comes from the top. And so the same way that you want to create a safe place for your members, you're creating that safe and wonderful and emotionally intelligent culture for your staff. And that's incredibly important for retention, obviously, but also for that, for that legacy that at a hundred years old and congratulations, that's, that's amazing. But I have to say, Adam, it, it comes from the top and you are the top and you are that emotionally intelligent leader. And um, thanks, Tony. the world needs more of people like you. Well, and I can tell you that our movement and federation across the country is full of like-minded folks. And, you know, what I, what I'm proud of about being a staff at this or in this organization is, and a part of this movement across Canada is, you know, there are, there are EDs who I've met, I, I can think of, frankly, who I met as a child that are still in this organization across the country that truly genuinely care about, you know, what, what the future of our country is and that is the youth that we serve and we serve these youth and teach them and support them in their own growth so that they become the future leaders that they want to be and uh mm -hmm. you know there's no question in my mind that the club does absolutely amazing work and our national office is no different they're they're a phenomenal group of leaders um that are running and supporting frankly the clubs across the country to to really drive that work. We're the largest youth serving organization in the country. It's only going to be growing in the next five years. Um, so the work is there. And uh, more importantly, the youth, the youth are looking for those opportunities to be whoever they want to be. And I think it's our duty and our responsibility, not just at clubs, but in our country to help build their potential and help build their ability to, to lead us all in the future. Yes. So I'm again, smiling from ear to ear. Um, <laughs> it's so inspirational. So what advice would you give to a young person basically struggling, you know, with that question of, oh, what, what are they going to do for the rest of their life? Hmm. Well, I think that's not an easy question to answer because the only person that can truly answer that question is the person themselves. I would also say, be, be kind to yourself because where you are at at 18 or 20 or 30 even or a child to try and answer that question is uh it's quite difficult and and frankly unfair i think you know you should do what makes you feel good 
but also makes others feel great. It's about having an impact on on others and making an impact in someone's life. To me, that is the thing I value the most. Um, giving other people opportunities, that's where my heart goes. And that doesn't necessarily mean working with people. Um, that could be, you know, designing something that will will help someone in the future or it could be running uh, managing a grocery store and making it a, a warm and welcoming place for staff and a safe place for people to come and and get the you know the 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 resources they need to survive it's being passionate about what you want in life and also being okay with the fact that those passions might change and if they do recognize it and follow your dreams to the next step in your life and try and be brave and be confident in the fact that you don't know everything as a young person. And frankly, I will say that most adults don't know, you know, I agree, we do our best to get through the our day to day and and to, to learn as we go as well. So it's it's okay to not know um, what you want to do for the rest of your life. And that is such an intimidating question mm -hmm. to put on yourself. You know, instead, yeah. just try and find what makes you passionate and drive towards that goal. It may not be what you think it's going to be. And then you have the passion and commitment and confidence to to move to what is going to make you passionate in the future. You know, or you've been on on one path and then something happens and you need to you need to pivot and you need to be able to accept that things have changed and what's the next opportunity in your life. And the idea of, you know, purpose, plan, and pivot, and to be able to stick handle kind of through through life and through the messiness that, that life is, and to have uh, a place like BGC Ottawa, and to have staff like you've intentionally created makes all the difference in the world. And my last question for you, Adam, is do you have a motivational quote or a belief that you live your life according to? That's such a good question. And I've, I've been reflecting in my mind about, about this for a while in terms of, you know, um, is there a specific, I don't know if I have a specific motto or, or quote that, that I live by. I think it's more, I think it's more a value system of, I was lucky enough to have people who lifted me up at the right time and have been there for me from the beginning. And, I think we all need to do our best to do that for others. And I don't know if there's a quote that um, directly connects to that outside of you stand on the shoulders of the people before you. And, and my hope is that, you know, we're, we're able to, as a society, continue to or start to, in some cases, elevate and recognize the importance of, of people around us and try to elevate them above us. Because... There's, in my mind, there's no greater opportunity than to help someone find their potential. That's what drives me. And, and when I see that happen in the work that we do, it, uh, it, it's what makes me want to stay at the club and makes me want to be passionate, continue to be passionate about helping kids. I am inspired. I, I think that the listener that is hearing your words and your, your passion and your enthusiasm and your love will be inspired. And I think you may have some people applying to be volunteers over <laughs> at Club because um, this, this is amazing. Adam, you're wonderful. And I don't know if I'm your biggest fan because I think that that's a pretty huge group of people, but I'm 
definitely, I'm definitely up there and talking to you at any time, whether it's at a, the Tamarack race weekend, when we just happen to bump into each other or intentionally, purposefully having this, this conversation, you fill up my cup. And I mm. thank you for that. Likewise, Tanya, you inspire so many people. And uh, I, I just appreciate knowing you and having you uh, as part of my circle of people I trust and uh, people that I know tr- care for so many others. So thank you for having me on and uh, for for the time to connect. And hopefully we find other ways to cross paths in the in the near future. I, I feel some ice cream. Uh, it's in order. <laughs> I yes, agree. I think so. Especially with summer heat coming, we we could use some of that for sure. <laughs> That's right. Take good care of yourself, okay? You you as well, Tanya. Take care. Thanks, Adam. Wow, what an amazing leader and human being. I would think that parents of the kids who joined BGC Ottawa must feel wonderful knowing Adam is the club's CEO. Thanks to Adam for sharing his experiences, his drive, and his passion with us on the playground today. He spoke of the importance of BGC Ottawa to him and what it meant to him as a client. It provided him with a friendly, safe space full of support and advice and allowed him to build connections with others. From the first time he walked into the club as an anxious nine-year-old to becoming the CEO, Adam continues to create connections with others including community partners, funders, volunteers, and staff members. While he did well academically, he was drawn to courses focusing on self-development and social and emotional growth. He pursued a career in social work, graduating from the Social Service Worker Program at Algonquin College, and followed a career trajectory to become the CEO of BGC Ottawa. His passion, commitment, and dedication to helping young people fuel his life and his career journey. We spoke of the decision to rebrand as BGC Ottawa and BGC Canada to become more inclusive and truly welcome each young person. Feeling a sense of belonging at the club has always been another driving force for Adam. He is an emotionally intelligent leader who is intentionally creating a wonderful place for his staff to work and for their clients to feel safe, secure, and supported. He is creating leaders of tomorrow by following his own advice he would give to others. Find something that makes you feel good, but also makes others feel great. Adam is definitely doing this. And as a community, we are grateful for him and his leadership. I am so thankful he was able to share his experiences and his vision with us today. And I am really excited about the future of BGC Ottawa with Adam at the helm. Thank you so much for hanging out on the playground with us today. I'm so excited about next week's mystery guest. And until then, I invite you to follow me on Instagram at PuddleJumpCoaching001. I'm wishing you an absolutely wonderful week ahead. Until next time, when we will jump into the future together. <music>